Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In a never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and work today, we're talking about mojo. We're talking about where do you get your mojo? We're talking about getting your Joe from these guys who've got mojo. Listen, we're talking to the guys from Paddock's Coffee, Rick and David Moss, and we're talking about brewing your way to help alleviate poverty in Papua New Guinea. Right here, these guys are coming here to talk about all about the business that they try to operate, they try to operate, that they do operate each and every day. But first, I want to share with you a scripture. Now, this is from the Message Bible, so that's a paraphrase, but I liked it because this. Luke 17, 8 says, Wouldn't you be more likely to say, prepare dinner, change your clothes, and wait tables for me until I finished my coffee, then go to the kitchen and have your supper? There you go, guys. Did you know that they talked about coffee in the Message Bible? No, you didn't. Welcome to Rick and David Moss, their first time right here on the I Work For Him radio program. See, it's biblical. That's where we got our inspiration straight from the Bible. Right. Thanks for having us, Jim. And I had to work. I had I had to work very hard. Now, there's another one in the Message it's Bible, Rick. Did you know this, David? He, he doesn't seem too astounded. You seem astounded. You're a King James guy, aren't you? Absolutely. Okay, so in the Message Bible, it also says in Job seven ten, they don't return to visit their families. Never again will friends drop in for coffee. 
See, it, it's in there because they both of those have to do with roasted beans. Well, Jim, first off, we we want to thank you for inviting us to be on your show. I work for him show. Uh, what a great inspiration you've been, and and this show as well. But you know, coffee has always been a relationship drink, and um, and then, of course that is what I think uh, is meant in the Bible there that. You know, come in and have a uh, a coffee with me, and and have a uh, a relationship drink, and we can sit down and talk, and we can, uh, you know, have a uh, have a conversation uh, about uh, whatever it is. But you know, we used to sit around our coffee tables years ago, and we had sit and 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 look at our pictures about our children and about our family, and uh, we've gotten away from that a little bit now. But you know, coffee is still out there. And it still is a wonderful relationship beverage, and we're so glad to, to, to be a part of it with our uh, Paddock's Coffee Company. Well, and what's really cool is I just I just helped some friends get launched off to a Middle Eastern destination where they're going to start a business in a Middle Eastern country because they can't say they're missionaries. And they told me that when somebody invites them out for coffee, they need to expect four to six hours in order to have that conversation, that, that a conversation over coffee, literally in this country, you work from eight until two and you rest, relax and socialize from two until eight. And then you go back to working from eight till midnight because they have that afternoon socialization. It's a little hot. They don't have a lot of air conditioning. But that coffee, somebody invites you out to have coffee. It's not a 45 minute to an hour long networking joint. This is a four to six hour conversation. So it is the uh, the drink of conversations around the world. It didn't used to be that way. I mean, 400 years ago was a very limited area. Now, now it's it's everywhere. Talk to me first before we get all into coffee, Rick. Because I know you you both are very excited about coffee, and I know your dad is all of his life. He's been passionate about coffee, David. Well, not until recently. Uh, we just saw an opportunity. We kind of jump well, into. Yeah, but it says he's a, been a self-proclaimed coffee aficionado. Coffee so, <laughs> so, so does that mean that? He, so, but he's been drinking coffee all your life. He is a coffee snob. Uh, he just ended up <laughs> recently getting into coffee, and then he ended up seeing an opportunity. But yeah, he's always from all of my uh, stories that we've had uh, and a lot of the different memories, good memories that we've had has always been around coffee and the coffee table and those kinds of things. So when he starts talking about coffee, we really have a lot of good memories. So when we started the business, it seemed like we were on the right track. So yeah, it's very, very, very cool. Let, let's just first start off with, tell me how Christ is making an impact on your life today. David? Well, Christ makes an impact on me today through really inspire me through my family uh where i really you have a family teach. married kids uh i have two boys and uh not married but they're the inspiration of my life so that gives me a lot of opportunity of being a volunteer i coach them at recreational outreach ministry over at indian rocks but more than that but keep them into a faith-based arena where i can make sure that the values that are passed on to me from my father and mother and those things that I've learned over the years, I can then pass on to them. And what Christ means to me is just an inspiration of what he's done for us, especially after what we've witnessed yesterday after Easter and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. It just every year is just such an inspiration to see a lot of those people who have never heard about Christ before come out, are curious because with Easter, it's been so commercialized now. And then having all these different people come from all different walks of life 
it's really inspiring. So when you do go to church and see all these different kind of people, you just feel so energized to share the Word of God. So that's really where my inspiration comes from through the Word of God. You know, the service that I go to at Indian Rocks, I call it Loud Church, usually has about a thousand <laughs> right. people in it. And last, yesterday morning, it had 2,500 mm. to 2,800 people. And it was very nice to have to struggle to find a seat. I really liked that. It was very, very good. And, and I loved the way our pastor really drew the correlation between what Moses did in the desert when the the Israelites were getting attacked by poisonous snakes because of their sin and how they had to put the trust in the bronze snake being held up on a pole just like we need to put our trust in Christ who died on the cross. I love that. And and I asked Jeff, I said, why don't you bring up the picture of the snake wrapped around the pole that's behind every one of the ambulances all over the county? And he goes, that's directly related to Greek mythology. I said, where do you think the Greeks got it? The Greeks got it out of the Holy Scriptures because that's exactly what it is, a snake on a pole, which means healing, and it's on the back of all the ambulances. They don't know they got Old Testament scriptures on the back of them. <laughs> don't tell them. Just every time you see the snake wrapped around the pole in the back of the uh, of an ambulance, recognize that that was mar- uh, modeled after uh, the uh, Israelites having to look at a snake on a pole in order to save their lives, which then our pastor drew as a direct correlation to Christ having to be sacrificed on the cross and us having to put our faith in what he did on the cross in order to get our own salvation. I thought that was great. I loved I loved that. That word pictures really help people remember it. So there's, there's five or 6,000 people yesterday heard that that don't normally get to hear it. I love that. Well, you're right, Jim. I was there, too, and heard the same thing you did. And um, I think Pastor Jeff did a wonderful job uh, yesterday, and as he always does. Um, and talking about relationships. Uh, no, we're not. And, we're still talking about how Christ well, made an impact well, on your life today. Well, that's what I'm getting at okay. uh, right. as far <laughs> as uh, uh, Christ and uh, the relationship, the, the personal relationship that I think that uh, – Anyone that's a Christian has to have uh, with uh, with his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but it, it is it is something I think uh, that you have to uh, cultivate and pray about and 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 really um, be involved in, like you do in any type of um, relationship with whether it be in your marriage or or working relationships or wherever you uh, uh, you know live and work and so forth. But in this case, it is a personal relationship uh, that um, that has to be cultivated with with you and your Lord, and that is uh, that comes from the heart and the spirit, and uh, that's what that's what we're trying to do every day. We fall short, and and as all of us do, but uh, you know what? At the end of the day, uh, we know that God loves us, and uh, He's going to take care of us, and He uh, He puts us in the right frame of mind. Okay, and, but but take it take it personally. How is he making an impact on you today? Because I know you. I've seen you move in crowds. I've seen you. You know, we. I, I didn't know we went to church together for all those years until we actually met in a chamber event. Then we found out we met to the same church. How How is Christ touching your life today? Well, uh, in a positive way, I, I think, uh, Jim, uh, you know, faith, uh, family, and friends are the three things I guess you try to keep in the right perspective, and uh, that's that's really uh, what what I guess I try to do. Uh, you know, positive, uh, uh, you know, relationships and working with folks like uh, like you and others in the Christian Chamber of Commerce, and and that's the networking uh, part of it. We're all uh, have values and principles. And we're all in a, a particular chamber that 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 values those uh, those things, and um, and that's really uh, which helps me 
you know, anchor myself in in Christ and what uh, you know in what He's done for me in so many ways. <laughs> Okay, so the website describes your dad, David, as a Kentucky-born, horse-loving, self-proclaimed coffee aficionado. But you've already said that that was later on in life that he got to be this aficionado. He didn't tell me he didn't drink Folgers when you were growing up. <laughs> no, not so much. Uh, so, you know, we, we have a Starbucks culture now in my generation. But back then, in that generation, they really didn't have sort of a gourmet-style Selection. I mean, you can go to Publix now and get whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, I have no idea. Because my folks always drank freeze-dried coffee, you know, and they added water and it melted. I mean, I don't know anybody growing up that had that destroyed their own beans. I mean, you know, I can't think of the right word. Uh, ground their own beans. Destroyed. I, I don't know. I destroyed them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anybody. Now, my father-in-law has been grinding beans since he came back from Venezuela from the mission field. But, you know, I didn't know anybody when I was a kid that did that. Well, you know, it's funny. I never was a big coffee drinker either until you start developing that palate where a lot of people that I've run into love the smell of coffee but don't really like the enjoy the taste of it. But once they try different flavors of coffee, it's really I like to correlate with wine drinking. So once you start drinking a certain amount of wine, you'd want a better tasting wine. You kind of go up the ladder. It's the same thing with coffee. So if you have, say, a little oh, so bit coffee, it's a trap. It's the same thing with you. the coffee thing. That's our really our uh, coffee, yeah, our mission statement is to trap them and, and then reel them down. See, no, once you've had one good Mountain Dew, <laughs> right. there's nothing better. Just a Mountain Dew. Once is, you get uh, to the top of the rainforest, right, uh, it, well, that's that's kind of what we want to do. But really, kind of go back to your question, uh, with watching him drink coffee and enjoying it day to day, and, uh, you know, that has an impact on you. And when you wake up in the morning and start brewing that coffee and you can just see the smiles on their face, you know, so one thing where when you wake up, you have that 10, 15 minutes to kind of do yourself a little bit. Of course, you're running around trying to get the kids to school, trying to get yourself ready. <laughs> you're running around. Finally, you have that fresh cup of coffee. And it's really starting to be where you have options, where you didn't have them back in my father's generation, where right. it's just a tin can of coffee. You either have regular decaf, there may be <laughs> one minute. or two choices. Hey, I don't go it's that Maxwell far, House. Oh, yes, you do. Or a tin can of coffee? Come on. Tin I cans. remember tin That's cans. It. Okay. so But, but Rick, you're not from the coffee. In, I mean, the coffee industry is a newer thing for you. have got years and years and years in the assisted living community. That's well, correct. So yeah. that's where your expertise is. That's correct. We right. moved here in 1977 from uh, from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, due to a management uh, transfer, and um, I've been in long-term care management uh, of long-term care facilities, ALFs, skilled nursing facilities, rehab centers, and for a long, long time. And um, you know, it's interesting how we got involved in coffee. Uh, really, I guess it was meant to be, but um, I'll tell you the story if you want to. No, we won't. We got a little bit of time. Go ahead with the story. You got a minute to tell us. Go ahead. Okay, but my good friend, but not 2008, obviously, was a terrible time. For a little everybody. tough here and there. Uh, yeah, it really was with the Great Recession hit. But anyway, uh, my friend from Sarasota, Daryl, uh, was looking for something else to do after he lost a lot of money in the real estate business. But uh, he ended up in Papua New Guinea looking for uh, teak wood, and he found the teak wood and container load and he um, shipped it back to Ikea to build some furniture. Well, anyway, while he was there, he was able to sip some of the coffee at the uh, hotel where he was staying and he said, well, you know, this is so good, I need to be in the coffee business and not in the wood business, teak wood business. So anyway, he brought it back, uh, we roasted it, we cupped it, and we found that um, these coffee beans from Papua New Guinea 
are just unbelievable. And the aroma, the flavor, the low acidity of the coffee was just magnificent. So we decided to go ahead and, and brew it up and brand it by calling it Paddock's Coffee because we're Kentuckians and we love thoroughbred racing and all that sort of thing. So so Paddock's is a horse racing term? It is. It certainly is. What is it? Uh, that is the area that um, the uh, horses, the thoroughbreds, are kind of paraded around with their jockey up on the back and they have some a handler is leading the horse around this big circle are the paddocks area uh, so all the people can look at the horse and the jockey and, and make uh, their idea or their minds up about making their bets. We're talking with Rick and David Moss with Paddocks Coffee about how they're brewing coffee to help alleviate poverty in Papua New Guinea. Now Rick when you when your partner found those farmers Basically, that's what they are. They're coffee farmers building this renewable or selling this renewable resource, which is coffee beans in Papua New Guinea. Were these guys, did they have a market for their coffee? I mean, did they have a worldwide market uh, already? Yeah, oh, yes. Uh, Papua New Guinea is, is known around the world, I guess, for, for good, uh, good coffee beans. Uh, we were just, uh, uh, I guess, uh, fortunate to, um, to find the right uh, people. They're, they're tribal folks, and they provide, uh, you know, uh, their family members and their uh, uh, relatives and everything. They all go together to, to pick these beans, and it's all organic. Uh, they pick it from the um, rainforest uh, in the highlands region of Papua New Guinea. So that's up in the mountains? Uh, way up in the mountains, about 10,000 feet. We call it heavenly beans because it's, it's closer to heaven, of course. But um, And then they go through a very a rigorous grading process for, for the coffee beans. Uh, they take the beans and put them in their bags, in their coffee bags, take them out of the rainforest by these uh, burls and so forth. But then they have to be dried. It's a, quite a process because they won't pay for the water content. And then they have to let the sun dry them out. Then they pick them all up, and then they take them to the co-op. And where the co-op grades them, we take the best beans, and then there's an average bean, and there's the beans that are, you know, cracked or broken or some way defective, and then they go to Folgers, Maxwell House, and other types of coffees. But but you we, get the top grade. We get the top grade beans. All right. We're going to hear more about that after we get to the bottom of the half hour. I've got to do our book highlight segment, and of course, it's brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. If our book today is Halftime, written by Bob Buford. I've gotten a case of these I need to give away this year, and I'm giving away on days where I'm not interviewing authors. This is a book that changed my life. Other than the scriptures, this book has been there at the turning point in my life. When I was just tired of chasing success, it was leaving me empty, and I said, Lord, I want more. A buddy of mine named Bob gave me this book. I read this book, and all of a sudden, I recognized that I could chase a life of significance and still be successful. But that's what I prayed that I would do. Lord, give me a give me a job where I would pursue significance instead of just success. So that's what this book did for me. I've got a copy I want to give away to you. Just call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Listen. If you are in your 30s or your 40s and you're trying to figure out what's next for me, this is a book you need to read. It will send you in a direction with the Lord that you've always wanted to go. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. movie. 
All right, call in the studio line now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Ivan is standing by now. Now, David, have you been to Papua New Guinea to help to see this place where the where the beans are getting collected? No. But no, you've I seen pictures. But I love to. You'd love One to? Day, I'd love to vacation there. It sounds so well, We've got a lot of missionary friends down there from our <laughs> church, so we can go visit a few while you're there. John and Bonnie are a great couple. And, and Lisa and Kepler's down there, yes, too. That's it, right. there's, I'm sure there's a lot of them. All right, we're talking with Rick and David Moss with Paddock's Coffee about how they're making an impact on their part of the world by buying coffee beans out of Papua New Guinea and making fantastic coffee and spreading it out all over Tampa Bay. So, David, i got a question for you. So you were saying offline when we weren't on the radio that you guys have to buy coffee by the container load. So that's not a five-pound container. That's a how many-pound container? 40,000-pound container. So that's what they... That's enough to brew how many cups of coffee? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you want me to do the math now? <laughs> yeah, do the math. So how many a cups lot. of coffee per pound of beans? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, depending on, like, say, a 12-ounce bag, you get about, you know, I would say... A well, last time I checked, coffee. a pound was uh, a 16 pound, ounces. 16. Well, in coffee, usually... Oh, the, they sell it by 12-ounce pounds? Mostly 12-ounce uh, bags of coffee. That's the standard in coffee. Got it. So, but See, I don't usually know we don't sell it by the pound. It's about 12-ounce, and that's kind of how... Little secret of the trade there, but we won't get into that a little. <laughs> so, but every pound of coffee, uh, you know, usually it goes about through what we find a week. So every week, because it is better coffee, you'll find out that you'll like it a little bit more. You'll drink a lot more. So usually, with uh, uh, I would say probably so forty thousand uh, weeks of coffee is what 40, you're getting. Forty thousand weeks of coffee. So probably a pot of coffee would be about two point two five ounces. You know, so doing twenty years of coffee in one container. Twenty years of coffee in one container, and, and that's, that's a drinking lot it aggressively. Coffee. Very aggressively. So important. Nice. You know, if you have it uh, whole bean, you can grind it up and it smells even better than that. So you'll definitely go yeah, by. I love the smell of coffee. I have never had a full cup of coffee ever. Hmm. Now, now Mountain Dew I had plenty Mountain of those. Dew. <laughs> that's, just, that's just my. That's just more my style. Have you tried Paddock's coffee? No, because yeah. it's. I'm not a hot drink drinker. Oh, I see. I just. I grew up in Minnesota. I like cold drinks. Yeah, because everything up there is cold, so you might as well drink it cold. Yeah. Now all my friends up there just drink it black, and they like it black and thick. So when you're pouring it out of the cup, it comes out slow like molasses. That's a good cup of coffee to them. <laughs> so, so, so you know, it's one of those things. Okay, so you guys, yeah. so Rick, your friend was in Papua New Guinea, found these coffee beans, said, "Wow, we should, we should." sell this coffee but when you came back to the states with that idea your your idea is yes you're going to market coffee you're, you're this is a great way to start a business but it's it's not just your average business because you're trying to help people at the same time you have a lot of companies selling or a lot of nonprofits selling coffee in order to help raise funds for them. David, you want to explain that deal? Sure. Uh, so what I had was an idea, and I ended up going and really asking a lot of questions. So how can we help our local communities raise more money? So I thought, well, let's redesign our website and try it out and really think about how we can help our community through our coffee. So what we ended up really brainstorming about is how we get this message across on our website. So we ended up redesigning our whole website. So really, if you go to PaxCoffee.com, all it has is everything just about fundraising. So what we do is give back 25% of everything we sell to that organization, and we have about four or five organizations right now. But every time we talk to someone, they are very excited about it because it's such a new idea that no one's, I think, ever talked about doing gourmet coffee to help a great cause. We call it Coffee for a Cause. That way, all these organizations throughout the year 
will get a great cup of coffee that they want to help their organization. It could be anything. It could be we're helping, for instance, the Alzheimer's Association, the Alzheimer's Walk. We could do anything from the Children's Hospital. We could help little Jimmy raise funds for his baseball team if he needs. Does uh, it need to be a nonprofit? No, it doesn't need to be a nonprofit. Good. It could be anything uh, from, like I said, if you have a uh, traveling soccer team or if you need something for Susie's uh, Cupcake Drive. You know, it's something that could complement if you don't want to have, say, sugary, different kind of things, we help local schools. We're trying to do a campaign with Seminole Elementary School. So it can go across all different kind of areas where we can obviously want to have that passion to help other organizations raise funds. So how much is, I mean, do you guys sell different types of coffee? Yes. Yeah, so what we do, we sell eight different kinds from ground whole bean. In uh, each flavor, we do regular classic roast. Uh, regular decaf, uh, uh, which is classic as well. But and it's we not really nut. decaf, though, right? I mean, it's it's partially decaf. It's here, partially. Right? It's all decaf uh, all the time. But, you know, we got the – usually a lot of people ask for the classic roast because it's very good coffee. We have won awards from it before, too, as well. So it's, uh, it's our best-grade coffee. We're not going to just, you know, say, obviously, the bad beans, but we really take a lot of pride in what we do. We do have a passion because we are local – family-owned, operated business, so we put our you know names and ourselves on the line. And then we also have a hazelnut cream, which is very smooth, and another French vanilla flavor. And that's all whole bean, like I said, and ground coffee. So there's Gee, eight different kind of flavors, or options, I guess. French vanilla, that sounds sweet. Maybe I could try one of those. Next time you have it at the chamber, I'll try smooth. one, Rick, just to make you happy. Oh, okay. Alright, so what's an average bag of coffee cost? Are they all different prices? Like your, your classic roast, you said that's your, your biggest, your most popular. What's a bag of that cost? That costs twelve ninety five. Now, that doesn't include shipping, but we can have an option where, like I said, tossing around the idea right now, people like very much uh, to have convenience. So if we can just include shipping, it'll be a little bit more, but remember, 25% that goes back. Sure. And we're trying to keep it as lean as we can because it is gourmet coffee, but remember, we're giving... The shipping for free, we're going to give 25% back for free. So that's just well, really covering money. our operating cost. And right. if you have someone, say, on auto ship, you know, that adds up pretty fast. And all of a sudden, you have raised a ton of money already. And we cut a check every quarter, every month, whatever that organization wants to do. And there's no obligation for them to do it. And that's what's the beauty part of it. We give them a vehicle, sort of a gift, and say, make it as big as you want it to be. It doesn't have to be a big campaign. It could be a small campaign. If you just need to raise a couple thousand dollars, great. If you need to raise fifty, sixty thousand, hey, that maybe can we happen could su- too. Maybe Ivan, we could support the entire "I Work for Him" show on Paddock's Coffee. Maybe that's happen. what it needs to be. It happens very quickly. All right. So, Rick, have you been to Papua New Guinea to where these beans are being harvested? No, I haven't. You haven't gotten to go either. No, no. I've just seen pictures, videos of uh, when we, uh, when Daryl went there with uh, the original uh, initial trip. So um, I have a pretty good idea of the landscape of Papua New Guinea, but no, I've never been there. So the farmers that you're dealing with, Don, we started talking about that before the break. Uh, you're working with local farmers who then take their beans, throw them in a co-op. You guys you know, filter through your beans. You guys get the best beans sent to you by container load. When you order a whole container, uh, how fast have you guys been going through a container? Like you guys buying a container a year? It just depends on the the demand, you know. Uh, container load is forty thousand pounds, and is that uh, wet beans? That dry beans at that, forty thousand? That's green beans. So before uh, roasting, and before roasting in these one hundred and thirty five pound burlap coffee bags, and there's I don't know a lot of them in those big forty thousand pound containers that are shipped over here. To what do you do with the burlap bags when you're done with and, them? And uh, well, we actually pitch them. 
Oh, my, you know there's a huge market on Pinterest for burlap bags. Did you know that? <laughs> well, why are you laughing at me? I am not ice. kidding. You know, there's another. <laughs> there, there's there, a, there is actually there really. There, there's another money thing for you. Don't throw re- those away they anymore. Be recycled. No, Jim, recycled. I'm thinking make some cash. We'll put that back on our website. Well, actually, you should say buy coffee bags, buy empty burlap bags. I bet you, I bet you get five bucks, ten bucks a piece. You might be. No, I want commission on those. I want. That's my on idea. There. Papua New Guinea. It's right. I'm telling you, yeah. Ivan, would your wife want coffee bags from Burlap Coffee Bags? Absolutely. I bet I could get somebody to call in right now. Call in right now if you want a coffee bag from Papua New Guinea. Next time they have one, these guys will send you one right here. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, and I'll give you a copy of halftime at the same time. All right, so Rick, you guys have been doing this now for how many years? Six years? Seven uh, years? Actually, we incorporated in April of 2020. 12, okay, so three uh, years, Jim. All right, and uh, the website, the original website, was in October of that same year, and then, you know, we, we moved. <laughs> I got ahead. our first call already, right here. My wife wants a bag right now. She said, "I'll take one." <laughs> if my wife wants a bag, everybody wants. I'm telling you, I just made you guys another. Look, the phone is ringing too. I'm telling you, people want your coffee bags. I'm sorry, Rick, I interrupted you, but I want you to know. Make sure that when it goes down, when you're 85, you're going, "Boy, I'm Jim. I'm glad Jim told me to sell those burlap bags. What a great idea." Okay, so I'm I sorry. Had no idea there would be a market for the bags, but we just want to, uh, the beans that are in the bags. We roast those, and the bags are had the container that they came in. And so if somebody has some use for them, we we certainly can provide them to the gym. We can stack them up here in your radio station. Well, man, think how good that would smell. You know what? If you really want the bags, we'll throw in a free bag. If you end up buying two or three different kinds of coffee, you got it. <laughs> no, no, make some money we'll on these bags. I'm telling you, somebody's called right now. They're on the phone right now with Ivan saying, I want a bag and give me a copy of halftime at the same time. You got it. It's fantastic. All right, so where are you going? You're, you're, you're trying to get huge accounts that will use your coffee on a commercial basis. You told me you were going in assisted living communities and letting the people try it out. You're trying to gain that loyalty in communities, which is your expertise. That is correct. We have about 20 uh, assisted living facilities now from uh, Naples, uh, Pinellas County, Hillsborough County, and Pasco on uh, up to Citrus County. But um, that's our primary uh, uh, source of uh, distributing the coffee, uh, the gourmet coffee, is through the wholesale part of it. And we like to think we're bringing uh, gourmet quality experience to the assisted living properties uh, by providing the taste test that my son, David, provides for them. He brings in the coffee and the pump pots and all the different flavors, and it just makes a beautiful activity of it. And the pastries are brought in maybe by the dietary department of the assisted living <laughs> property. And it's so a big deal. Those sugar pastries are good pastries. Oh, I mean, yes, they're a good ones? Dynamite. Okay, all right, all right. So, okay, so you're going in there. You are trying, you're growing this business. You've been doing this three years. How's it going? I mean, David, how's it going? Are you guys happy with where you're at? We are. You know, we're really really trying to spread our wings, not only with the assisted living properties, which we ended up finding a huge vacuum for because a lot of these high-end retirement communities, hello, we're in the west coast of Florida, right? and all we have is a huge senior population. I think it's the most dense senior population in the whole nation is the west coast of Florida. So a lot of these properties didn't have the great service that we could provide, the passion that a family business can bring, but also having great coffee as well. So that's where we ended up getting our start. We ended up really getting a lot of good feedback from our website. I think that's really going to blow up, I hope, in the next couple months once we get all of the kinks worked out, I hope. 
God bless. And then we'll end up really working with the Tampa Bay Downs, which we're very excited about. So we're actually going to build a kiosk. Pack's Coffee goes hand in hand. And we ended up doing a taste test there. And it really was off the chart. Uh, their interest in doing what we're doing, they're trying to redo that whole area with the Tampa Bay Downs. And that might be something that we can also duplicate in other horse tracks as well. And nice. also around the country. There's a lot of those. Well. Speaking of coffee, we have our coffee right now in Clearwater Christian College, which we're very happy to provide, and that's another venue. So what we want to do is use coffee as a vehicle to spread God's word. That's really what So talk to me about to how that. you're doing that then. First of all, I want right. to say I want to thank Diane from Nicomas, Florida calling and she wants a bag for her friend. She loves her show. So I'll send her a copy of, of Halftime and you're gonna send her a bag. Definitely. So, and I gotta have one for Martha, but you know where you can find Martha. <laughs> all right, so all right. tell me how you're incorporating Incorporating Christ in all of this. I know you guys are both passionate about Christ. Rick, I've heard your testimony a ton of times. It's powerful how God has worked in your life. How are you guys incorporating Christ into how you operate your business and into how you're selling your product? Well, I'll go uh, on our mission statement. I have our mission statement right directly on our business card. And our mission statement, just if you flip it over, it says our mission statement to be the innovative leader in gourmet coffee industry by providing and partnering up with our customers and focusing on a proactive program, guarantee performance, but mostly underneath that, our core values, it says we are a family business grounded in Christian values of honesty, integrity, respect, and a sense of social responsibility. We strive to honor God in all we do. This is reflected in how we conduct our business and how we care for our customers and our greatest assets. So how is, okay, that's one thing I have a mission statement. How are you doing it on a day-to-day basis? What does it look like? How are you doing business different than your gourmet coffee competitors? Well, Jim, the only thing I can say is uh, when we uh, go into a new ALF property, uh, it's all about customer service, and uh, we we treat people with uh, dignity and respect and uh, the way that we'd like to be treated, and uh, we provide a wonderful product. Our coffee is is great, and we're very proud of it, and uh, it's fairly priced. And, uh, you know, these these are things that you look for in a good uh, small business. And we think there's just a tremendous amount of opportunities out there for for our company. And uh, so we're just looking forward to, to growing it in the future. Okay, but it still didn't answer my question yet. So you got it, and David understood. You didn't, it, uh, and we're going to stretch a little bit. So how are I mean, how are you doing di- business different? I mean, I can stand the mm-hmm. attitude is absolutely different. You're doing what you say you're going to do, which that eliminates some of your competitors. But how is Christ making a difference in how you're doing business? Well, usually what I was trying to get back to is my card. I use this as a conversation starter. Okay. So what I do is this is our card. This is our core values. And it doesn't matter. I work from, we have uh, a couple of counts who are Jewish communities. And they respect us for how we handle ourselves with community, integrity, and honesty. So every time I go anywhere, I first hand them my card. And then I turn that around and say, this is what we believe in. And no matter where we go, if they're Christian, non-Christian, they respect that. And then that opens the door for me. Once I follow up and do everything that I promise to do, it builds trust. And once that trust is open, then I can start getting a little bit closer to end up maybe sharing the word of God because I am an example of his word. So that's really what I use the coffee, like I said, I was getting to as a vehicle to eventually spread the word of our Christ-like values. And because we have that 
in our mission statement, I think that really makes a big difference because it's a really ice. It's hey, it's right in your face. This is what we are. This is who we are. You know, take it or leave it. All right. We've been talking with Rick and David Moss about Paddock's Coffee and how these guys are selling coffee and it's impacting nonprofits. It's impacting for profits. It's impacting farmers in Papua New Guinea. And they're doing it at one 12 ounce bag of coffee at a time and buying it one container at a time, 40,000 pounds. So when you guys buy 40,000 pounds of coffee, David, how much do you roast at a time? Well, they come in these big burlap bags, as we discussed. and yeah, Which are now going to be for sale on the Patterns yeah, Coffee yeah, website, let's, let's $10 a that. bag. That's going to be a whole other option. Thank you for opening up that whole new no tourist crowd to us that we didn't think about before. But we have a huge warehouse that we stack all those bags in, and after bag, after bag, and it'll be... Very surprising how fast we do go through that. So usually we go through a container about every six weeks. Correct. No way. A container? A 40,000-pound container? Now, most of that goes to us, but some of that through our roasters sold out and ends up going to other different kind of coffee companies, too. So we don't actually consume it all, but a big portion of that, I would say, 80 So you're wholesaling some of it. Correct. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, good for you. Hey, it's all about making some money. And Now, do you guys have, as a mission statement for your company that says, hey, um, you your profits off of the profits of your company, do you guys designate any of that going towards a specific spot? So do you guys have a, a, a ministry that you fund back with the profits on your business after you've paid yourselves? Have you guys set that aside yet? Figured out what you're going to do with it? Well, what we're going to do is give back to uh, Papua New Guinea. Obviously, that's where we give. Fantastic. Our, and uh, Bonnie uh, and... John, John and Bonnie Nystrom. John and Bonnie Nystrom, uh, which do go to our church, but there's a lot of other different missionaries. They're with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Exactly. So we're going to give about 2 to 3 5%. You know, once we get a little bit more inventory, then obviously we're going to increase that number. Sure. That's fantastic. I'm just curious what percent. So we definitely want to give back to where we actually originally roast and get our beans sourced from. Most so people do not know that, the, you know, there's, there's a little under 2,000 known languages that haven't been translated into a written language. And 180 of those languages are in the island of Papua New Guinea. That's incredible. They they have so many different um, tribal tribes there, uh, and there's one, and there's multiple even commercial languages. So it is it is a huge need, and so that money will go into good use supporting the translation of the scriptures. And I know John and Bonnie been doing it for over 25 years in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. All right, we've come to the end of another I Work for Him show. I'm looking for a thousand people to make this commitment. I'm looking for a thousand people to commit to starting to pray for their coworkers and employees on a daily basis. What's that look like? That means write down all the names of the people that you work with each every day and pray for them. Now, you may not know what to pray for at first, but the cool part is as you start to pray for them, start looking for opportunities to let them know you're praying for them and ask how they'd like you to specifically pray. And then on a day when Jane walks in and she's not her normal sunshiny self and you say, hey, Jane, what's going on? Jane says, boy, I had a problem at home or whatever. Then you ask for an opportunity to pray with Jane or Bob or whatever their names are. I'm looking for a thousand people to make that commitment. I'm looking for a thousand people to look for ways to serve people at work. And then to start looking for a thousand people to be the best and brightest example of 
of that person in their workplace. In other words, if you're an accountant, for you to be the number one accountant in your business, or if you're a salesperson, be the number one salesperson. I'm not saying your sales, but your attitude, your actions, your character should be an example of Jesus Christ in your workplace. I'm looking for a thousand people to commit to being part of the I Work For Him nation. Tell us about it online, either at contact us on our website, iworkforhim.com, or on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.